1: At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet.
0: Blog Talk Radio
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Again, welcome to another episode of Financing Your Business Today. I'm Tim JK, your host. Today, our topic is Ash Wednesday, the meaning behind it. Today, I'm, I'm proud to have Father Paul Turner, uh, pastor out uh, from the Diocese of uh, Kansas City, St. Joseph, to join the program. If you want to call in, you can call in at 347-324-3460, 347-324-3460 or you can post a question in the chat room, and I read it on the air. If you do have a question, and when you call in, just dial 1, that will indicate you have a question, and turn down your radio, uh, so we don't get any feedback. Well, Father Turner, welcome to the program.
0: Tim, thanks very much. Nice to be with you, and uh, hope everything's going well your way so far today.
2: So far, so good. It's it's Super Ash Wednesday. Kind of give us a little history about what is Ash Wednesday, what it's all about, what it comes from the theology, the biblical part of that,
0: and uh, just turn it over to you. Thanks. You know, the the whole thing is to try to make a, a spiritual preparation for Easter. This is um, a special time of year for us to to uh, look back on how our lives are going and how we need God's help to really get into the mystery of Easter in in a better way. We we choose as the paradigm, the the 40 days in the desert that Jesus experienced before going into his pastoral ministry. And uh, just as Jesus was tempted and overcame temptations in the desert, we hope that our spiritual disciplines during this time will help us to overcome temptation and to to lead uh, a more faithful Christian life. There are probably some uh, Old Testament passages about people doing their repentance, wearing sackcloth and ashes. And I think the, the whole idea behind this was to simplify life, to think about death, think about where you're headed. You know, if you think of, of ashes as you know being the, a symbol of destruction, a symbol of how things. Uh, can can end up, you think about dust as the uh, the dust out of which we were created. They, they form a kind of a, a memory of us coming from nothing, heading toward nothing, and yet God loves us in the middle of all of this, helps us out, and wants us to, to experience redemption through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we have this special time of year to, to do that.
2: How long have we been celebrating uh, ashes?
0: You know, probably a little over a thousand years. There, there was uh, one of of the popes just say just over a thousand years ago, put Ash Wednesday on the universal church calendar. So it's been probably prior to that time there would have been some evidence for it, but but it didn't really become universal until then, and it's been uh, an immensely popular celebration even even in recent days but uh, but i think the the idea has always been to try to mark a day 40 days out one of the problems we have with it of course is figuring out just what those 40 days are because if you do the math uh, between ash wednesday and easter it's more than 40 days it's like 46 days and there are a couple of explanations for why it comes out that way one is that it's, it's traditional not to do heavy fasting on Sundays, that every Sunday is a kind of celebration of the resurrection, even when Lent is here. So a lot of, there's a tradition where people kind of take a break from their penance on, on Sundays. And if you do that, you remove those six Sundays, then that gives you the 40 fast days, as uh, as Jesus experienced from Wednesday to, to um Easter Sunday, but of course Jesus probably didn't take Sundays off in the desert. You know, I, I think if uh, I think you know, if, if you want to really engage in the discipline of Lent, it's a it's a good spiritual practice to to go after it for for all six and a half weeks. Okay, so with
2: the exception Sunday is considered a day of celebration, so that's meaning that if you give up uh, meat or whatever you're going to give up, is that still uh, biblical for that Sunday, or is really you need to keep your fast through the whole uh, forty-six days, nearly.
0: You know, Tim. The, the way I understand it, everybody can decide that. There's there's no official rule on this. the The, the Catholic Church has very minimal expectations of people during uh, during Lent. For example, today on Ash Wednesday, everybody age fourteen and up abstains from meat. That's that's just kind of it. We repeat that then on all the Fridays of Lent, including Good Friday. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that today on on Ash Wednesday, anybody who has, let's see, started their, I think finished their 18th birthday and has not yet finished their 59th birthday, so if they fall in that wedge, which is a lot of people, then they are supposed to fast from meals, like you're only supposed to have one full meal today and two smaller meals that shouldn't equal a second meal and no snacking in between. So this is really, uh, you know, a lot is expected today of people to monitor the quantity of food they eat. And then that is repeated on Good Friday, and it's recommended even for Holy Saturday is another day that that people would fast. But that's it. There's the the Catholic Church has no other expectations for people regarding Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, anything. They kind of leave it up to individuals to figure out from there what would be a good lent for me, what would be challenging for me to improve my spiritual life. What, what, what disciplines could I take on and really make an effort to be faithful to so that when Easter gets here, I feel like I'm rising from, from the grave as well. I have overcome some of my temptations, and I've, I've demonstrated that with God's help I'm able to be stronger in my spiritual life than I ever was before.
2: And in particular reason why fasting uh, is part of uh, the celebration
0: well, I think there's there's a couple of good biblical reasons. Okay. One, as I've uh, mentioned already, this was what Jesus did in the desert for the beginning of his public ministry. And then, uh, But secondly, uh, a, a scripture passage that we proclaim at Mass on Ash Wednesday comes from Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 6. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus gives the disciples kind of a three-point plan on how to, how to be a good disciple, how to live the spiritual life. And he mentions fasting in there, as well as giving alms and prayer that those those are the three three feet if you will upon which you sit for uh for the season and you kind of rely on on the three of them so fasting is um you know has always been something recommended as uh, a way of helping to discipline. Uh, a, a good Christian, I think it, it 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 opens up our minds in different ways. It it clears us out of some of our dependencies, uh, makes us realize where our addictions might be. It it has a lot of very positive benefits.
2: And you mentioned also praying alms.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's called alms or doing works of charity. You, know, you you can translate that into a number of different ways. I think most people. Figure it as giving something to charity, you know, giving something to the needy. So there's a lot of ways to do that. You know, if people contribute to their parish churches, for example, that's that's one way that that can be done. Um, a lot of people who save money by fasting from something during Lent will set aside whatever they would have spent on those items and give it to the needy. So it kind of links their Fast with their almsgiving, but other people can give in a different way. you know they can give their time, they can give their talent they 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 can give of themselves for somebody else, and it sets them into a habit of being charitable that then can have some benefits, even once Easter gets here
2: and uh you also of course, you mentioned prayer today society it's all this noise in the background. Uh, from cell phones, from this or that. How can a person, you know, this uh, with kids and family just take that time to pray? I mean, any suggestions that you have?
0: Well, the the number one is to worship with a church on Sunday. You know, I think okay. if, if anybody doesn't have that in place every Sunday, then their Lenten resolution is a no-brainer. You know, you just you really concentrate on this for the six weeks of Lent and Make that make that a commitment. Most churches are you know, very tolerant about having kids there. We love to have kids there. And, and even in my own parish, if we've got kids crying. I tell those parents, I'd rather have those babies here than anywhere else. We just we 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 got to open our doors and help children grow up in the faith. But then the other thing, you're, you're making a very valuable point here about silence. You know, and and how hard it is to get that. Uh, especially for for families, but but everybody who's got um, connected who's connected with with sound in so many different ways, a lot of us turn the radio on or the TV on or the internet on first thing in the morning in the car at the office at home. It's just like we got to have some sound around us. So it it would be good for people to think about hmm, how could I get some silence and would I find that beneficial. A lot of people do. I mean, imagine this. If if in the, the clutter of your culture you decided, um, for Lent this year I'm going to take 20 minutes of silence every day, 20 minutes every day, and just shut everything else down, sit quietly, either with a prayer book or just with nothing else, and try to center on the presence of God, that would make a tremendous difference in a, in a person's life. But a lot of young parents can't. They just, They just can't. They uh, they they have some other responsibilities, and I think you know. To, to, on the one hand, maybe give them a break. You know, they're they're doing other valuable things right now, and maybe the day will come down into the future when they can embrace silence a little bit more. But on the other hand, it it might be possible. It might be something they could do. I know when I was a kid, my parents would go to daily mass. I'm still amazed at this that raising six kids, they found thirty minutes every day when they could walk down to church just a few blocks away, go attend Mass, and then, then come back. Somehow they made time for that in the midst of, of raising all of us. So I, I think it can be done. I, I think children understand the value of silence, and they can be taught silence. So even to uh, to say as a family we're going to try to have a certain amount of silence every day, that we do this together, mm-hmm. that that could be very instructive for kids. Uh, you know even even on good friday there's there 's a tradition behind trying to keep silence between noon and three p m the hours when jesus w- was on the cross so there there are some ways of trying to get it, but it does take a real focus, a real plan, and a real determination to pull that in. I, I do think if people do it they'll they 'll they 'll experience the benefits and then they 'll want to do it some more
2: so even before yeah I mean, just wake up a little bit earlier, maybe thirty minutes or forty five minutes earlier just take even if you start small with maybe ten minutes absolutely and uh before the household wakes up and maybe before you go to bed,
0: Yeah, because you, yeah
2: you do that the the house will calm down eventually
0: exactly exactly and i I think those are those are great ideas that anybody can do. But uh but I think everybody's gotta figure out, because it's so different for every individual in every household. It's just everybody's gotta figure out how could I get it? If I were really gonna try to get ten minutes of silence today, when would it be? How could I do that?
2: Wow. So this where do you get ashes from? I mean, is it from a plant or how can uh in church where they where do they get these ashes?
0: The the ashes that we use today are burned from palm branches given out on previous Palm Sundays. So the the season kind of comes full circle. On the last Sunday of Lent, uh, everybody receives a palm branch to remember Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem at the end of his life. And then they also hear the story of the Passion, according to one of the Gospel writers. And then a year later, like in our church, we ask people if you want to return your palm branches to us. You can do that, and then we'll burn them down, turn them into ashes, and we use those on on Ash Wednesday. But A lot well, of other churches just order them from a religious goods store, but even if they do that, those ashes are from palm branches. That's that's where they come from. Wow. Well, so
2: it's a good connection from Palm Sunday, and you burn the ashes and recycle them all over again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, just to... You know, in some ways, when you think of that whole Palm Sunday celebration, it's a, it's a sign of how all of us want to praise Christ on the one hand, but then on the other hand, there are, there are times when we deny him. So you, you see in the stories of Palm Sunday, the crowd honoring Jesus as their king and the crowd condemning him to death. And we, we each do that as individuals throughout our lives. And maybe those ashes can be a way of reminding us of just how imperfect we are. Our hearts in the right place, but we we do fail.
2: This day is really movable. So why the day keeps shifting? I mean, you might have Ash Wednesday at the beginning of the month of February, you might have it at the beginning of the month of March. So why do we have this shift and movement of dates?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's mainly because of Easter because it's, the, it's it's the Easter date that's moving and okay. and because we have to back up from Easter a certain number of days, that's why Ash Wednesday gets kind of caught in the wake. But the old tradition around uh setting the date for Easter goes goes like this, and it's still still observed in uh in our church and our culture, and that is that Easter is fixed on the Sunday following the first full moon of spring, so you've got a number- and this would be in the northern hemisphere. You've got uh, a number of natural symbols at work here to show the supernatural rebirth that we believe in with the resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. So springtime is coming with the renewal of the earth. The moon reaches a new phase, and then Sunday begins the new week. All of these cosmological principles come to play, and then that, that tells us when when Easter comes. So it's really it's really a, a beautiful symbol of, of rebirth. Uh, you, there's always a, a full moon during Holy Week, and there's always a full moon during the second week of Lent, which means Ash Wednesday usually falls sometime around a new moon, which we just had, uh, I think, a day or two ago.
2: Okay. And then I calculate from that uh, for Ash Wednesday, I mean for Easter, and then you're back.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's that's how it how it gets computed and why the date shifts around so much. So it's very different from from Christmas, for example. We uh, we do Easter with a with a movable date that blends the the mystery of the resurrection with the renewal of the earth.
2: Is that celebrated in both churches, the western and the eastern, meaning the the Greek Orthodox Church? Uh, sometimes they have theirs different. Is it different calculations? Do you know?
0: Yeah, there's a different calculation. I think they a lot of the Eastern Rite churches have to figure in when the Pasch, when the Passover is celebrated, and we've never included that in our own calculation. Now, there's been a great desire to try to reach a common Easter date east and west, and we got close to it a couple of decades ago, but it just never did quite catch on it would be a difficult thing to accomplish to get everybody to to agree to it. But if it did, that really would, would help a lot. And there might even be a way to pick a day like the first Sunday of April or something like that that would be different from the tradition in both calendars that might simplify things for, for everybody. But uh, I just don't see that on the radar right now. I, I, we, we'd all love to have more uniformity, but I don't think anybody yet has hatched exactly the plan that everybody can adopt. So we keep hoping for that. It would be a, a much better celebration of, um, of our common faith in the resurrection.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, other religions, do you know other religions, maybe the Methodists or the Presbyterians, or
0: do they celebrate Ash Wednesday as well,
2: or do you know?
0: Yes, they, they don't have uh, the same liturgical calendar that we do, but because of the popularity of Ash Wednesday, it is something that other churches have been considering and uh, and some of them do offer a service on this day. It's um, It can be uh, a way that the whole Christian community looks forward to Easter by acknowledging our sin at, at this point. And, uh, I, so you, you may see a little more of it than you did in the past. I, I think uh, a lot of people have seen the, the wisdom behind it, and almost any Catholic church is going to experience um you know, an increase in, in attendance at mass on a day like today. You know, our, our morning mass here, for example, we're a pretty small church. We usually get ten, twelve people at, at the morning mass, but today it was like seventy. So it's it's really a huge spike on uh, on a day like this because everybody really feels the desire to get ready for Easter, to acknowledge our sin, and and try to, try to live a better life.
2: Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Beyond uh, Christmas and Easter, this is probably the third most attended uh, service.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It pr- probably is. I I think Palm Sunday also draws out a lot of people. There's something about that that service that will do it. But uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to find just the days when when people come the most. Ash Wednesday is not. Uh, a holy day of obligation in the Catholic Church. It's not a day when when our church requires people to to attend Mass, but a lot of people do. They they feel kind of an internal obligation to be here, and feel bad if they miss it. So it's uh, it's a very powerful very powerful celebration. I, I think it helps that you leave the church with a very visible symbol that you have come, and uh, you know, are willing to. To say to people around you, look, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect, and uh, I'm even willing to wear this cross on my forehead to to demonstrate it that I'm trying I'm trying to do better.
2: Wow, we have a question here. Um, turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. In the connection, uh, I guess the person wants to know why we use that scripture. Uh, and another he i 'm sure is remember that thou uh, does uh is it uh i guess he 's trying to figure out how did we get
0: this particular scripture
2: to use for the anointing of ashes yeah those
0: are uh, those are both alternatives for the uh the text that we use today, and uh, I do believe prior to the nineteen sixties it was just remember that you are dust and to dust you okay. shall return whereas today we've got um, a couple of diff- different options and I, I suspect one of the things they were thinking of uh, after the council was uh, not not just to put out put the, the negative interpretation on the ashes not just something that would make you think of of dust and death but also remind you of what these ashes are supposed to accomplish for you, and that is a change of heart. That Lent is not not simply a time to say how awful we are, but how hopeful we are if we if we follow Christ. The, uh, the new the, there is a revised translation now for both these formulas. So let me let me read these for you. This will be the first year people hear it with okay. exactly these words. The first option is repent and believe in the gospel. And the second is, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So I think the the addition of that first one, Repent and Believe in the Gospel, was certainly inspired by the preaching of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. They both carried that message at the very beginning of their career as a kind of banner, if you will, um, a a summary statement of, of what they were all about. So... Turn away from your former way of life and believe in this uh turn turn away from the past, look forward to the future and and accept christ in a in a new way
2: okay, I have a question here it says uh is it considered a sacrament or a sacramental and if so, why is not a sacrament
0: yeah it's uh it, we would call it a sacramental, not a sacrament in in the catholic church we we believe there are seven. Sacraments: baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, penance, anointing the sick, ordination, and marriage. That those those are the traditional seven sacraments that have been identified since I think since about the 13th century. That that's been a very strong uh, tradition around those those seven rites. But there are a number of other things we do that we regard as sacramentals. The, the main difference here is that when we celebrate a sacrament, we really think we're in the presence of Jesus Christ in, a, in an extremely profound way. Most Catholics grasp this with regard to the Eucharist, that we believe we are eating and drinking the sacramental body and blood of Christ. He is as present to us as, as he can be. But the same is true of a of a Catholic marriage. Christ is binding that marriage together in a special way that is a little bit different from what you would experience with with other marriages. So it's it's something very very important to us. The same isn't quite as true with ashes even though it's a very moving ceremony and one that has a lot of meaning for people, a lot of sincere meaning because of the the call to repentance. It mm-hmm. it doesn't quite stack up to the same level of uh, of the seven sacraments in which the the presence of Christ is very real to to us.
2: Okay. Um I'm trying to read his other question on here. Sacramental uh, one second, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um try to make sure I make it, it make sense to him. Okay. So I'll probably skip that one. Um another is asking why do we make the sign of cross and ashes on the forehead?
0: Yeah, that's um, you know it's it's traditional that that probably is a way of looking forward to the cross of Jesus Christ on Good Friday, a, a reminder of the, the suffering that that he endured, but also a sign of the the faith that we have in Christ. There's even a passage in the Book of Revelation about those who wear a, a cross on their forehead, and one of the Early church writers, uh, Tertullian from North Africa, spoke about or wrote, wrote about the uh, signing ourselves with the cross as a way of claiming our identity with Jesus Christ, kind of claim, claiming his uh, his suffering and, and his dying. So it's a it, it's one of the ways to do it. Now that the way that the uh, the rubrics read it, it also allows us to place ashes on the head. So uh, you could have this happen, too, where you go to church and instead they they drizzle ashes on top of your head. Now, I, I think a lot of people find it not as attractive because they really do kind of like the public witness of having the ash right on the forehead as they go out into the world. And, and I think that is a very powerful statement for us about about bringing our, our faith onto the streets. So it, it can be very good, but on the other hand, in that same gospel I was referring to earlier, Matthew chapter six, Jesus encourages people to practice their their disciplines in secret, not, not necessarily to you know to to blow a trumpet before you when you when you do these things, but just know that know that your heavenly Father sees them. So you, this would be another possibility. You could have ashes put on your head; nobody would see it, but God, and uh, and yet your repentance would would still be the same.
2: Okay, last two questions. One is there a connection to the uh Yom Kippur with
0: the Jews, they 40 days of uh repentance. Oh, not exactly. No, I mean that they come out of out of different traditions. Okay. They're uh, they're certainly I mean, they're, the the Yom Kippur is another tradition about repentance that, you know, shares certainly shares some similarities, but it but it's not like Lent grew from Yom Kippur. Uh, I believe it really did grow from the practice of Jesus in the desert, that, that his his 40 days there were, were, were something that inspired people to try to imitate him, to, to go through a time of of um, of hardship to come closer to God.
2: Okay, great. Okay, um, anything I guess to summarize this all in a nutshell of Ash Wednesday uh, you like to close with?
0: Well, I just would would encourage people to participate today. uh, Churches will will be uh, offering evening services, so if you're uh, listening live or you have a chance to download this conversation before the evening on Ash Wednesday, then uh, make some time to get out. And and I just would really encourage people to make it a sincere celebration. When you go, be penitent. Think about the sins you're trying to overcome. And uh, let the the beauty and the mystery of this day go to work on you, and not just today, but 40 days between now and Easter, really follow in the footsteps of Christ and rise with him on Easter day.
2: Wow, that's powerful. I'd like to leave with one uh, thing real quick. Uh, Ironically, I was walking into my office, and of course we had the Jehovah Witness, uh, believe it or not, handing out the... Uh, They'll wake, and uh, she handed me this, and I let her uh, tell me about you know the do her uh, the witness, and ironically I had your script in hand, and I gave her a copy of your Ashes article.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> she smiled. So, great. <laughs> so I witnessed back to her, so it was kind of funny. great. That, at that time, yeah. it's a message there. Yeah. I had it in my hand, and I said I was going to sit down, and I said, Oh, why don't you read this about Ashes on the Ash Wednesday? <laughs> but again thank you for joining the program today Paul and uh, how can they, I know you've written a lot of articles with uh, ministry and liturgy can you tell us the website they can learn some more about Ash Wednesday or uh, some sources they can go to to
0: read more you, articles about you yeah you, you bet, if you check my own website paulturner.org you can find uh, under books and articles there are a uh, number of different topics that I've addressed. The, uh, the bulletin inserts are available from Resource Publications, Resource Publications in um, in California, and they just this week have issued a new collection of all my bulletin inserts with them. So there's 340 different short articles about different aspects of the of the liturgy available for one price on one CD. And that's with resource. You can link them through my website, but you can also just in your search engine look them up, and uh, and you should be able to track them down.
2: Okay. So as uh, resource, you don't have
0: the number offhand. Mm-hmm. I don't. But let me see if I can grab it. Okay.
2: Well, most of this stuff is all on your website. Uh, also, you ran some books through the Surgical Press, the Surgical Training.
0: Okay. Right. Okay. Exactly, and I've got all of that collated on uh, on my own website. So here's um, here's resource. It's rpi.net dot com. RPI like Resource Publications Inc. Rpi.net dot and they'll have, um, if you, you go onto their home page, they'll give you a lot of different ways to find things out, and uh, you will be able to find volume four of my bulletin inserts available from them.
2: Great. I really appreciate you joining the program today, uh, and also the people in the chat room as well. Uh, again, Paul, Father Paul Turner, and his website, again, is paulturner.org. Thank you for the, coming on to the program.
0: Tip, thanks so much to you, and uh, hope you have a great Lent coming up.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. This episode can be downloaded on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio or Apple Capital Group. Thank you for joining the program, and everybody have a great day. Thank you, for the Paul. You're welcome. Take care. bye
1: Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.